Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our interview today focuses on a current art exhibition, Anti-Grand, Contemporary Perspectives on Landscape in the Harnett Museum of Art. The exhibition features 24 contemporary international artists, artist collectives, and game developers who examine, challenge, and redefine the concept of landscape while simultaneously drawing attention to humanity's hubristic attempts to relate to, preserve, and manage the natural environment. Antigrand includes 33 works of art with video, installation, video games, and traditional two- and three-dimensional work. The exhibition is organized by the University of Richmond Museums and curated by Elizabeth Schlater, Deputy Director and Curator of Exhibitions, and Senior Art History Major, Kenta Murakami, and a Curatorial Assistant for the Museums. Elizabeth and Kenta, thank you for joining us today. So to start off our conversation, what inspired you to create this exhibit? Um, you know, I was looking through my files and I realized, actually, I've been working on this since 2010, wow. which is a long, a long time, <laughs> I know, but it's been through several iterations. And um, I think when it the idea really gelled was with a conversation I had with Erling Chabol, the art, a studio art professor here, who said, have you ever thought about doing a contemporary landscape exhibition? And um, I hadn't really thought about it solidly, but then... It sort of made sense because we ended up working together on this year-long Tucker Boatwright Festival, which is focused on landscape and land use. Mm -hmm. And so this exhibition, Anti-Grand, could be one segment of it. But I didn't want to do a straightforward landscape exhibition. I wanted to do an exhibition that looked at the genre of landscape, but with a twist and thinking about what are the elements that constitute a landscape in contemporary art today um, with all the baggage of landscape throughout art history um, that the artists have to, to deal with when they're making work today. So the title, Anti-Grand, is meant to sort of poke fun at the you know, 19th century um, Hudson River School grand landscapes that are associated often with patriotism or nationalism, um, and how we can't really look at landscape and art today without... Um, uh, an awareness of you know the irony of those past works and and environmental issues that are going on now. Um, so I started it, and then Kenta came on board about a year and a half, two years ago, yeah. with an independent study, mm -hmm. and then started as the curatorial assistant this year to help flesh it out. Yeah. So by the time I kind of emailed Elizabeth and asked to join uh, forces, I guess I. Uh, the exhibition's groundwork had already kind of been laid, so um, for me it was more um, kind of a chance to combine interests, I guess, uh, as an art history major and at the time as someone who's been involved with uh, both uh, rock climbing and uh, environmental activism and things like that. It was kind of like a natural way for me to kind of, I guess, combine my interests and my academic interests. Yes. All right, great. Well, thanks for that background. That's fascinating. Well, Kenta, can you tell us a little bit more about your role as a student curatorial assistant? Yeah, so as Elizabeth already said, um, it actually began before this year as an independent study, so it kind of felt like just a really loosely structured course. Um, in the beginning, we kind of just sat down and compiled this really, really long Google Doc of 
all these books we theoretically would have liked to read, but it was, you know, it was really long. It was probably like 30 books or something. I was looking over it last night and I was pretty like, oh, wow. amazed. Yeah. Um, so we kind of just read a lot of book reviews and that kind of thing, and then read um, several books. Um, and um, looking particularly at um, like things specifically around landscape theory, but also art history and criticism as well as um, kind of more contemporary thoughts on landscape art or even exhibition catalogs, um, specifically looking at other shows that have been happening recently. Um, we, tried to, we wanted to make sure we had a solid foundation as we went forward mm -hmm. with um, organizing the exhibition, and we also didn't want to copy or um, be too obviously replicating other exhibitions that had come before us, or that had become, you know, before this right. exhibition. And working with Elizabeth um, was really nice. I definitely struggle with like time management and things like that. And <laughs> probably more than anything else I've done on campus, this has really helped me kind of learn how to work on that. I mean, it's longer than one semester. I mean, I've, mm -hmm. in a way, I've been kind of involved since, I guess, the beginning of junior year. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's great to have that length of time to work on something and produce it. And I think also, um, Working in the museums in this capacity has been really exciting because it's kind of allowed me to find a community uh, across, you know, the museums as my workplace and then um, into the art uh, history department, but also the studio art department and various other departments kind of within Maudlin. Um, working on um, this exhibition as well as um, The Life and the Land, which is in the Loro Gallery downstairs. Um, with Erling Chavold, who she mentioned as a studio art professor, and then uh, working on programming and um, the museum's college night, which kind of the, they call us the behind-the-scenes staff, uh, kind of prepare every year. Um, and, you know, just various other things through this exhibition or through the um, curatorial assistant position. It's kind of created a really interesting dialogue um, between various uh, classes and faculty and uh, really... Right, just lots of overlap with your, your history and um, your major and the project and getting to know other people, yeah. Well, how do you see this um, affecting your future professional opportunities? Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of perfect. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I wanted to be a curator pretty much as soon as I got to UR, but I don't think it was something I really realized I could do so soon. Um, I guess it, yeah, it kind of just, I don't know, I guess I was thinking, like, right after the show opened, I kind of all of a sudden realized how much had gone into it, and looking at the catalog and seeing people kind of in the space, it kind of, it was pretty exciting. Um, but it wasn't, it, it made me realize, like, wow, like, so much was invested in this, but at the same time, it made me realize, like, how easy it was to a certain extent, in the sense that, like, the entire time me and Elizabeth were working, it felt fun, and it felt like you know, something I wanted to be doing, and so even though I was technically being paid to be there, it didn't really always <laughs> feel like I was working, so, um, yeah, it kind of just really opened up that, that possibility, and, um, it made me think, like, oh, I'm a curator now, you know, it was, it felt like kind of that easy and that much of a shift, um, so, yeah, I guess it, it's really kind of inspired me to, like, feel like as soon as I graduate, I can continue doing this. Well, all the best with that. Well, thank you. And um, I found that the artist interviews are a key component of the exhibit and the catalog. 
Can you share information on how the interviews were conducted? Yeah, um, we decided kind of early on to do interviews. There are a few essays actually by Kenta that build off of things he's written previously, either for classes or for Digital America, but we decided to do interviews. I think oftentimes, especially for some of the younger or up-and-coming artists, an interview is more useful for them because then they get quotes mm -hmm. um, that can go you know, towards their own um, record of publications. Um, so most of the interviews were done online, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and we divvied up the artists. Um, you know, Kenta did suggest some artists. You know, this exhibition wasn't fully formed by the time he came on board. Kenta came on board and we talked about each of the artists and he made a good couple of suggestions that, that ended up being in the show. And so that was one easy way to divide who we were interested in, in connecting with. Um, and then we researched previous interviews because we don't like to repeat right. questions. Yeah. Um, and then we, we sent them out. Um, yeah, and it was kind of nice because in a lot of ways, I think the catalog is where a lot of the ideas we were thinking behind the exhibition really uh, came into full form. Um, and even though, you know, ultimately we're asking questions about the artist's work and kind of they felt really random, I think when you look, flip through it, it kind of starts to become this kind of contextualized uh, kind of entity or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. And our last question, and I know you alluded to this a little bit earlier, what type of background research was required for the exhibit? Um, yeah, as we said before, we kind of made a reading list, and um, actually I would say probably the most formative kind of book we read was a book called Landscape Theory that was uh, edited by James Elkins and Rachel DeLue, mm -hmm. and we actually were lucky to have Rachel DeLue uh, be part of the art, uh, art history lecture series, or yeah. Mm -hmm. So she um, came and gave a lecture and um, was on part of our panel we had with uh, President Ayers and John Philip Sheridan, who's a professor at VCU and an artist in the exhibition. So um, yeah, that book was definitely like very formative for me. Um, and then we also, I mean, we read some other books. Um, we read uh, some books by Whitechapel Gallery that they make really awesome essay compilations on art theory. Um, so we read, I think, but at least I read the ones on Sublime and uh, Nature. Um, and then for the artists, a lot of them nowadays, um, thank goodness, they have their own websites, and so they have scans or articles that have previously been you know, published mm -hmm. about them, so it's a lot easier to find that kind of material these days. All right, well, very good. Well, thank you, Elizabeth and Kenta, for your conversation today. Anta Grand, Contemporary Perspectives on Landscape, is on view in the Harnett Museum from January 15th through March 6th. The catalog and website will be archived and available for viewing in the UR Scholarship Repository.